Hello, so we are looking at the Ten Commandments, God's Big Ten, as I've titled it, as we continue this theme of being in the wilderness. Now, if you have a Bible, it's Exodus 20 and verses 1 to 17. And uh, we'll be thinking about the Ten Commandments uh, in life groups this coming week, um, so uh, you will get a chance to explore more. I'm going to whiz through the commandments today because I don't have time to uh, go through all of them in depth. You'll be pleased to know. We did a sermon series, actually, on the Ten Commandments um, two or three years ago. I've lost count, so I'm sure you can find that on our YouTube channel if you want to um, read into any of these particularly. But my hope today is that I can inspire you to spend some time, uh, both with life groups and in some other time, as we continue this journey of Lent and of self-reflection, um, uh, to think about each of these commandments. Uh, so for you, that might mean you need to make a time in your diary and diarize a two-hour quiet morning or something to, to look at them, and just to think through and pray about um, each of the commandments. So I'll, I'll touch on them, but it will be, um, it will be a touch-and-go landing uh, rather than a full stop as I whiz through the commandments. Um, so one of the things that people often ask about the commandments is, well, do we need them anymore? Are they still relevant? And as you saw on the little video, if you're watching this as part of the service, um, and as you will see in what I say, I think that um, the commandments absolutely do have a relevance to us today. And I, I, I suppose I want to ask the question, what would happen if we as Christians and if all people in the world started living lives that were more akin to the way God would have us live them as expressed in the commandments. We love numbers, it seems, as people. Uh, if you look um, at uh, newspaper articles or blog posts, uh, quite often these days it will be, uh, there'll be some kind of number. For example, you know, the, the seven fashion trends for 2021, the 10 vegetables you should be growing in your garden this year. Um, those kinds of things. We love numbers. So I think that God gave us 10 of them um, because that's about the most we can manage and remember. And yet I'm sure other than those folks who are part of uh, St. George's Kids, I'm sure that many of us couldn't name all of the commandments if we were honest. And don't worry, you don't have to. So Jesus summarized the commandments into two. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So the question is often asked, well, do we even need all 10 of them if Jesus just gave us two? You know, sometimes it's really helpful to understand something in a simple way. The commandments, all ten of them, can broadly be divided into those two. They're either about loving God and loving other people, as Jesus said, our neighbor. And he went on to explain in the story of the Good Samaritan that our neighbor is really anyone. Uh, so, so yes, you can summarize the commandments in two. But I liken it a bit to um, the change that happened last year or the year before to Canada's food guide. Um, if you're in another country, um, I know that most governments produce some kind of a food guide that kind of tells you what you should eat for a healthy and balanced um, lifestyle and diet. And the Canada Food Guide used to be quite specific. Um, I couldn't possibly comment as to whether any 
food producers paid towards the production of it, but there was a requirement that you ate a certain amount of wheat and um, a certain amount of this and a certain amount of dairy, and all those things were in there. And there was uproar by the food producers um, and the big companies when this new guide came out, because instead of saying you have to eat this much dairy and this much wheat, it now said, if you imagine a plate, half the plate is vegetables. And the other half, yeah, you can have a little bit of dairy and you can have a little bit of meat. But half the plate needs to be vegetables. And so it's really simple for us to get our heads around. If I want to have a healthy meal, half my plate needs to be vegetables um, and fruits, I guess. Um, but, you know, that doesn't really work beyond that because I understand that half my plate needs to be vegetables, but, but you then need to tell me, well, they can't all be the same vegetable. Just because I like broccoli, it doesn't mean I can have half a plate full of broccoli at every meal, and then I've achieved what I need to achieve. So you do have to drill down and work out, well, they mean different vegetables, different colors, different types, and so on. So that's just a, um, an illustration to kind of say, don't write off the Ten Commandments on the basis that Jesus said, love God, love others. If we just do that, we'll be okay. Because I think sometimes we can miss what Jesus meant when he was saying that. He was saying, look, it is about love God, love others, but God gave us these commandments. I haven't come to destroy them, but I came to fulfill them. Uh, so um, let's have a, um, a run through the Ten Commandments quite literally. It starts um, with, uh, in verse 3, um, I am the Lord your God, you shall have no other gods but me. Of course, the context that, uh, that God was speaking into here were, were people were finding other things um, to, to worship, other gods but him. Um, and for us today, uh, people find all sorts of things and try and make them uh, God or like a God. Um, and, and God is quite specific. Uh, there's no, um, no sharing here. You can only have one. There's one Lord. And that's what he was reminding um, the people then. And, and so it's true for us. And it might be that we, um, we like to pick and choose from different religions. Um, it might be that we like to pick and choose from different saints. Some Christians um, will, will do that and say, well, I'm going to talk to this saint or that saint. Um, God says, no, it's me. Love me. I'm the Lord your God. Uh, secondly, you shall not make for yourself any idol. Um, of course, that's what they literally did. They made an idol. Um, it was a, there was a calf, a golden calf, and, and it was that sense of how can I um, worship God when I can't see God? So I'll make something, and I'll direct and focus all my attention on that thing. And God's saying, no, you, you can't make something and imagine that that's me. It's so hard for us as Christians um, often to to not get into a place of having idols, idols that we worship. Worship, as you'll have heard me say before, comes from the old English worth-ship, to give worth, to ascribe worth, to ascribe value. Um, and, uh, and, and it's quite a challenge in terms of how can we get the right balance you know, many people collect hockey cards or, or sneakers or particular t-shirts from band gigs they've been to or, or music or, you know, all sorts of things. People kind of have collections of things. And, and so how can we make it that those are things we collect but that we don't idolize? The question often is, what would happen to you if something was taken away? 
So if, if your whole identity is wrapped up in collecting hockey cards, I'm not sure that that would be anyone who's watching, but if it is, or Pokemon cards for perhaps some of the younger people, um, but hopefully they're in the Zoom call. Um, but uh, if your identity is wrapped up in those things, um, then it can become an idol. It can become something that you give um, an inordinate amount of worth to that can almost become like worship. Um, as we think of these commandments, and I'm guessing uh, some of you are feeling this now, um, and as I read them, I kind of get a bit prickly because, because it feels like that God's getting to the stuff um, that I, I'm a bit touchy about. Because um, if you just say love God, love others, that's very easy. When you start saying, what does it mean to have an idol and how can I make sure I don't? Um, then uh, that, that kind of gets to the core of us. And we say, well, no, I, I, don't, I don't idolize that. And if that's our reaction, maybe that's the thing we are idolizing. Third, you shall not dishonor the name of the Lord your God or don't take the Lord's name in vain. Uh, we see from the, the hashtag on social media, OMG, which stands for oh my God, and we hear people say that, we see how often people take the Lord's name in vain. And if you look at the etymology um, of the word, oh my God has become, oh my gosh, oh my golly. It's the same way that a lot of Christians will say, I don't swear, but they'll use an alternative word to place in the place of a word that we would consider a swear word. Um, and and, and if, we're, if we're trying to, um, live the kind of life that God wants us to live in all its fullness, um, then these are things that we, we don't really want to be doing. Uh, so um, names matter, don't they? Names make a difference. Uh, when I go out and ask my children to come in for dinner, uh, they don't always listen. So I tend to go out and say, mummy says it's time to come in for dinner. And there's a wait when she's the one that, that typically is making it because I'm a bad cook and she's a good cook. Um, but uh, when my wife's making dinner and she's, she says, can you go and make sure the kids come in for dinner? Um, then uh, the, I use her name as, a, as an extra wait. And so names matter. And the name of God matters so much in the Old Testament it wouldn't even be said. And so we need to honor the name of God. Also provides a great opportunity to share faith with other people when they exclaim, Oh, Jesus! And you could say, Do you know him too? Great conversation starter there. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. I mean, if we could just take a day of rest, if we could just take a day of rest, what that does. When people don't take rest, when they don't take a Sabbath and time out, um, then they find that life gets too much after a while because we need to take some rest. It's the same thing for those of you who have a car. If you use your car 24 hours a day, you will find very quickly that it needs to be taken in for a service because it can't cope. It needs to rest, and so you stick it in the garage. Or if your garage is full of stuff, you'll stick it next to your garage. Um, but... Uh, um, that's a whole other sermon on decluttering the garage there. I'll do that maybe in the spring. Um, so um, keeping the Sabbath holy. You know, there's actually research that done by secular scientists that indicates that the whole rhythm of the Sabbath of seven is actually really restorative for people and for planet, for the environment in farming. Um, but this is a run through the commandments, so I need to move on. Um, honor your father and mother, even if they irritate you. Honor your father and mother. I'm not sure if my father or mother are watching this, um, but, uh, but hello if you are. Um, even if your father and mother irritate you, 
Um, you know, parents and kids will, will irritate each other. Uh, we know how to press each other's buttons, and there'll be things, I'm sure, that wind, uh, wind each other up with fathers and mothers. And somehow, even if it's hard, we have to make sure we're honoring our father and mother. Uh, okay, so that's kind of um, the first half. The second half, uh, you shall not commit murder. When we think about murder, most of us think, well, I don't commit murder. Um, this is an easy commandment to keep. But I just want to step back a second. I'll do that physically, um, not for too long, because it will ruin the picture. But, uh, but when we think about murder, what, what, do we, what value do we place on life? as society. Where are we buying our clothes from? Where are they made? What are the working conditions of people in the factories? What are their lives like? Um, what impact are we having by the chemicals that we're using um, and, uh, um, and, and the, the, the phones we have with the, with the devices, the, the minerals inside that have been mined? What are the life expectancy conditions of the people who are producing the products that we use? Uh, what do we think when it comes to do not murder about things that these days, we find a different way of saying it. Um, so for example, medically assisted death um, is, uh, I think would fall into that category. Um, we need to ask questions about abortion and the value of life there. You shall not commit murder. You shall not commit adultery. Uh, there was a funny picture in the cartoon, if you saw that before, the, um, before I started speaking. Um, but uh, it's quite obvious. I don't need to say too much about that one. Um, you shall not steal. Uh, stealing is something that is very easy for us to do. Um, when I encountered people in the railway who hadn't got a train ticket, their, their excuse was normally, well, um, it doesn't matter because the train was running anyway, and whether I pay for a ticket or not doesn't matter. Um, I love that I can hear a siren of a police car go by as I'm preaching on stealing. Um, but stealing is not just about going in and taking something from a shop. Um, stealing is about taking something that's not yours or not paying for something that you should pay for. You shall not be a false witness. There's a call here to be honest, to be true in what we say, not to, not to gossip. Um, and, uh, and that is a challenge sometimes, um, especially in this uh, social media generation. Um, how can we not be a false witness? How can we tell the truth about our neighbor? And finally, you shall not cover anything that belongs to your neighbor. In the reading, it talks about oxen and servants and all those kind of things. Um, and, uh, and it gives some specific examples because back to the vegetables, sometimes we need specific examples. When I learned to fly a number of years ago, um, and I haven't flown for a while now, but my flying instructor had this memory. He was standing on the apron. It was a glorious sunny day, and a helicopter came down and landed, and he stood there with this beaming smile on his face, looking at this helicopter. And then he turned to me because, of course, he knew what I did for a living, and he said, he said, have you heard of the 11th commandment? I said, no. What is it? He said, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's helicopter. So I, I laughed, and then obviously I had to do a bit of teaching there, and I said, well, actually, I think the 10th commandment, uh, which has the catch-all, thou shalt not covet anything that belongs to my neighbor, would include helicopters. Um, 
This is the commandment, and we talked about this in the Just Ten series uh, when I preached on that a while ago, but um, this is the one, I think, that often catches us off guard. The coveting is keeping up with the neighbors. The coveting, coveting is wanting uh, the latest car or, or a bigger house or a swimming pool or um, you know, people have these boats parked outside their houses and, and we might covet and think, I'd like that, I'd really want that. And so what we do is, uh, is we turn that by the help of credit cards into purchases uh, that we can't afford. Um, as people often say, you know, we, we, get, we, we buy things that we can't afford and we don't need to impress people we don't even like. I think it was J. John that said that. Um, and so, um, as you spend some time in Lent, there's a whiz through. I said I'd run through them. As you spend time in Lent, think about each of these commandments. Think about what they mean for you. Uh, and which are the ones you struggle with. And maybe pick one or two uh, things that you might want to pray about and work on. What's the Lord say to you? Typically, I find if I stop uh, and sit quietly and pray and say to God, what is it you want me to know from this? God will bring something to my attention. It will not normally be the audible voice. I don't typically, although it happens, I don't typically have dreams in the night waking me up telling me stuff. Normally, it would just be, Lord, which of these commandments is it that you would have me listen to and think about and do something about today? And in the stillness, the Lord will speak. So I think that's how I'll finish now. Um, if, you're, um, if you're in life groups, you'll be looking at some of this stuff. And uh, we had a, a great fun moment about 55 minutes into life group when, when Roxanne uh, said to me, David, um, you, you've got through two of the commandments. Um, <laughs> what about the other eight and how's it going to go? So I, I don't think that um, in your groups you'll have time to go through every single one of the commandments. Once you start talking about them, it's like um, unwrapping you know, um, uh, a, a piece of packaging that's got those little chips in and they go everywhere. And it's like, whoa. So, but I just hope... Uh, that um, in a small way today, I've inspired you to look at the commandments again and to ask the question, what would happen if we as Christians started living our lives in accordance with these commandments more and more? How would we start to see things change in our families, in our lives, in the world around us? Jesus said he had come not to abolish the law and the prophets, but to fulfill. So let's encourage each other as Lent continues to take some time to pray about each of the commandments. As Christians, we know that we are sinners saved by grace. We know that the church is a hospital for sinners and not a museum for saints. We stand in the place of knowing that God calls us by his standards and yet has grace when we can't make them. We seek to grow in holiness and in obedience, not so that we can earn God's grace, but out of a response to God's grace already given to us. So let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you come and fall afresh upon us this day? And we pray, Lord, as we think about the commandments, would you draw to our attention one or two that you would like us to spend time praying about and reflecting on in the days ahead.
And just in the stillness, I trust where you are that God has spoken, and if not, take some time and, and take longer. Uh, I know God spoke to me just as I prayed then. And I pray that God would speak to you too. Amen.